Welcome to episode 175 of Shanlin on Batman. We got Kyle Davis looking Yo. looking very fresh with that ginormous beard he's working on. No, I got to prepare right now for the day that I become like an old guy and I just need an old I just need a long gray beard, you know? It's just it's just how it has to be. <laughs> so you're going to try to Gandalf it? I'm trying to Gandalf it. I'm preparing for the Gandalf look like 30 years in advance. Um, Dumbledore, Dumbledore, yeah. Um, so what we're doing today, something we haven't done in maybe a hundred episodes, maybe even more, is a list. We're gonna, do, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're, we have a countdown going on. We haven't done this in a minute, and the what we're going to do today is we're going to count down our favorite ranked from one to ten. Uh. DCEU films because there are 10 total and one of the reasons that we decided to do that because it seems like with the flash coming up it's going to start their I would say their quote-unquote phase two if you would of the DCEU going forward um, because it's going to change some things it's going to add people in it's going to I wouldn't say it's going to fix timelines but I feel like it's I feel like the reason that they're going to do this Flash movie, which is going to be semi-Flashpoint, is because they want to fix a few things here or there that they think didn't work. And I'm I'm just I'm not I'm not saying that's what the plan is. I'm not saying that because I know that um going forward, but that's what it seems like. Would you agree, Kyle? Yeah, this. I don't know what the technical term for it, but the way I'm going to describe it is, it seems like this is going to be like a like a soft reboot sorts right i don't even see like a re i wouldn't even say soft reboot i'd say more like a like a recalibration like here's you know kind of a trajectory of where we want to go forward um and i feel like it kind of ended like that phase one so to speak ended with Zack snyder's justice league um started with man of steel back in 2013 and we kind of um and it kind of ended, so to speak, that phase one. And like I said, look, it's not a turn to be dismissive against any of Zack Snyder's films or the universe that he provided um, because we we love the characters. We love the actors that he put in these films. And we're not trying to dissuade anyone from listening, but the optics of it look like they're – you know, he would just announced yesterday that he's going to be doing a Netflix sci-fi film. The optics of it over the course of the next several years is that he's not going to be involved in directing any films. Like uh, he's not going to be involved uh, writing any of these films or, you know, putting his stamp on the trajectory of what they're going to go do. I mean, he's busy. He's a he's a, mm -hmm. yeah, a hot yeah. director right now, so he's got his own things. We he's, he's got we, zombie movies to make, yo. Right, right, right. And we love, you know, the actors. We we enjoy where the film's gone and everything. But it, like I said, like it just seems like 
I'm not saying that it's it's ending with Zack Snyder's Justice League, but I feel I feel like it's gonna it's and I wouldn't even say it's going in a different direction. It's just kind of like taking the next step going forward mm-hmm. over the course of the next couple of years. So that's kind of where we're at today. It kind of feels like a like the closing of a chapter, if you will, and the start of another chapter. Um, or like maybe it went from a part two. I, I just like to use the the phase one, phase two because yeah, it's just that, that's a fair just, way of looking at it. The um, next, we're moved on to the next book, the next chapter, the next phase, whatever you want to describe it as. That's right. I feel like that's where we're at. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna start from the from our least favorite. Uh, number one will be our favorite. Number ten will be our least favorite. We'll give some you know our our initial reactions to seeing it and. We really would love to hear what you guys have to say. And like this is this is not a dis- disparagement. I, I, like BDS is not going to be number one for me. Man mm-hmm. of Steel isn't going to be number one for me, and that's okay. If BDS is number one for you, great. Yeah. If Man of Steel is number one for you, if Zack Snyder's Justice League is number one for you, that's awesome. We all have have our individual taste. We all have our individual what works for us. Um, what what are it's our favorite it's not your favorite and so we would love though to hear what your favorite is what's your favorite you know what's your top 10 what's your top five what what works best for you what didn't work so we'd be curious what you have to say but in the in doing that we really want to do and it's not because we're trying to be lazy like there's nothing really to talk about but you know going forward we really like really think that the, the the next phase is up is slowly approaching what we're not going to do the film that's not going to be on this list and it could be but just speaking with you know this i wouldn't say this closed universe that it is because it is now becoming a multiverse is the joker that's mm-hmm. something that we talked about before the joker to us doesn't have really any tie-ins to any of the previous films. It doesn't have anything to do with Tim the Burton verse, the Schumacher verse. Doesn't have anything to do with the Snyder verse. Doesn't have to do with anything going forward. It seems like yes, they are going to be they they are going to be writing. Todd Phillips is going to be writing a, a Joker sequel. But that doesn't mean, you know, that it's going to have, you know, Robert Pattinson or Ben Affleck in it. So that's just kind of closed off in its own silo. Um, If it were on the list, it'd be for me, it'd be high up there, but it just isn't. And I feel like that's fair. I mean, we're at 10 with the the list that we have. And I know some people are going to be. Yeah, uh, some people are going to be upset top, that we're not A top 10 it. list sounds way better than a top 11 list. Right, right. And I know <laughs> that some people are going to be upset because, like, well, why did you include this one and not the Joker? It just, like I said, it's siloed off in its own – its but, own – Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'd love if Joker somehow tied back into the universe, but right now I just don't see it. And They have right. never – really said anything about it being a part of the universe except for a big uh no maybe it's like nah (laughs) that's all pr talk it's it's not actually connected unless something happens in the flash right so like there's a there there we're it's just in its off in its own little corner doing it it's was very successful we we praised the film when we reviewed it um you can go back and listen to that episode if you want to just how much we loved it, et cetera, et cetera. But with that, without, with that being said, let's, let's get on to the list. 
of n- number 10, our least favorite um, <laughs> DC extended universe or DC multiverse film. And Kyle, do you want to start? Oh, put me on the spot. Now, I just want to point out that I think for the most part, even if we put something at the bottom of our list, it doesn't mean we hate it. It just means there's a lot of room for improvement, you know? But that's not what I'm yes. going to do. I, I'm, I'm going to straight up say it. I very much dislike the Suicide Squad. Not, not so James Gunn. That's your number 10? Not James Gunn's Suicide Squad. The uh, David Ayer one that came out after Man of Steel. BVS. So that's your that's your least favorite. That's my least. that's my least favorite of all the DCEU movies we've gotten so far. And why is that? I uh, like. So are you include, are you I was really. Kind of, are you including the kind of like the extended? Yeah, version that, of that that to me is the definitive version, the one that we got on uh, the Blu-ray release. The reason why is because I part of it is a lot of disappointment. I feel like there was a lot of potential here for it to be great. But mm-hmm. it just kind of squandered a lot of it. A lot of it, like I felt like the script was kind of lost. It didn't really know what it wanted to be. Uh, I found that a lot of the acting performances were actually pretty solid. Like I, I love Will Smith. I love uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. The rest of them, not so much. Like Kyle's been pretty. Kyle has been pretty vocal about releasing the air cut, so he'd <laughs> you, you want to see the the original intended, but you're basically what you're saying, the film I, that I, we I got mean, theatrically. If there was a version of this movie that is substantially different, then yeah, I would be interested in seeing it because I still feel like everything that we saw at first, I was like, oh, you know, this looks like it's going to be a fun, very entertaining movie, and then it just wasn't that at all. <laughs> I was like, oh, I just really don't care for what's going on. I found like the way it was edited. It was like the, I was convoluted. The pacing was weird. Like, no, no, I don't want to disrespect David Ayer because I have enjoyed a lot of his movies in the past. I think he's a very good director, but Suicide Squad doesn't feel like a David Ayer movie. Yeah, it feels like this disjointed. Um... It's like you went to a school cafeteria and you just got the mystery casserole. <laughs> you don't know what's in it. There might be a couple of things in there you enjoyed, but as a whole, it's just kind of a blah. So when you initially saw it, though, what were your thoughts on it? Now uh, that we're in kind of like in the context of in the context, I, I feel like I was like one of the only people that walked out of the theater not liking it. I remember talking to people on Twitter afterwards. And everyone's like, oh, man, it was so cool. So awesome. I'm like, dude, did we watch the same movie? I remember <laughs> I remember going and buying a second ticket and watching it again because I was like, did I just like miss something with this movie? Like, why is everybody like really loving this movie? And then I watched it a second time. I was mad that I wasted the money. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite, least favorite scene? I, I guess I, I'm assuming you don't have a favorite scene. So is there is there a uh... I, I I thought the way they presented like the introduction of the Suicide Squad was actually pretty fun. Like it, it felt like a comic book, but a bunch of comic book panels. Like here, here's like a cutaway to this person doing kind of a cool, interesting thing. And then there's like a title card and then move on to the next character. It's not very organic, but like, like I said, this is a comic book movie. So it actually felt like a comic book when they're doing that. 
I I appreciated it for that. Right. Um. So your initial viewing of it wasn't pleasant. How has the film aged for you? Has it aged worse? Has it stayed the same? Has it gotten better? Uh, what was the last time you watched it? I oof. last time I watched it, I think it was probably back before we got the theatrical version of Justice League. I, I have not rewatched it since then. And I have felt no desire to actually go back and watch it. It's just one of those movies where I've gotten everything out of it that I, I feel like I'm going to get. And I don't think I need to spend time going back and giving it another chance. I've already given it multiple chances to change my heart and it hasn't done so. Um, was there a character that you enjoyed watching? Um, Cause I know you, yeah. I know your feelings towards I, I, I liked Will Smith as Deadshot mm-hmm. and I like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I even think Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang was pretty decently entertaining. So like, I'm, I'm happy to see, at least a couple of them making a return for the sequel reboot. I don't know what you want to call the next one. Recalibration. It's the, re- like- the recalibration. <laughs> um, don't forget that Batflex in that film too. He, I feel like that d- kind of gets overshadowed when we talk. Yeah. About yeah. He does make a appearance uh, in like a flashback in the middle there. Um, and then he has that awesome scene at the end where he's talking about, you know, bringing his friends, getting his friends involved, which I, which I enjoy. You know, I, I've kind of glossed over probably my least favorite thing about the whole movie. And that is uh, Jared Leto's Joker. Mm-hmm. I, did, I just find did, his like tattooed grill covered depiction of that character. So cringe worthy. Yes. I'm using cringe actually mm-hmm. cringeworthy like every time he shows up on the screen i'm just like oh please just please get him off my screen i don't want to see him i don't want to listen to him this is not the joker this is not my joker hashtag not my joker <laughs> uh like i appreciate that they wanted to go for something bold something different but it was too stark of a departure for me i, I just feel like that is a lifestyle, like a, a a fashion style that the Joker would never actually go for. Mm-hmm. So it it didn't work for me. Um, let me see here. We have some we have some notes that we were in, wrote down. Um, but I think we asked: Was there any final? What what would you give the grade of Suicide Squad? Right as it speaks, like maybe out of ten, maybe A through F. Uh, out of a 10 point scale, I'm going to give it a three out of 10, a three out of 10. So let me it's, write it's, it. it's, yeah, it's, it's a couple steps below average. There's a lot more bad than good in it. In my opinion, it's not a complete write off. Like I, like I said, there's a couple of parts here and there that I think are entertaining and mm-hmm. are worth remembering, but it's a small minority in a, in a toilet. <laughs> Um, for me, my least favorite of the 10 DCEU films that we have is Justice League. Um, I remember going to see the film in theaters and being like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> like it was fine. It wasn't there. There wasn't anything that I was like, oh, you know, this is, um, 
this wasn't anything that was like terrible, but it wasn't great either. It kind of felt like a watered down version of what it was supposed to be. It felt like a trailer for a bigger movie that we didn't see. Um, and I, I thought it was fine. I thought that the issues that I had are still there, like the mustache, like the, like the Superman mustache fiasco is still so problematic to, to me. <laughs> um, I didn't really care for Steppenwolf. Like, I just thought, mm-hmm. like, I didn't like the character design of Steppenwolf. I didn't yeah, think that he was, like, a real threat for the Justice League. Steppenwolf in that movie is such a bland, vanilla villain. Like, that's what I think of Justice League. It's just this bland, vanilla, it's like a cracker with no cheese on it. There's just really nothing there. It does nothing. It kind of just meanders. Um like I thought that the film was technically sh- like well done, and I thought that there were a lot of good per- performances in it, but uh, like it just felt like it felt like there was something else out there, and obviously there was something else out there, you know, in mm-hmm. Zack Snyder's Justice League. But you know, when we saw it for, from the be- from you know to, when it came out in 2017, it just felt like it was just fine. I didn't really hate yeah, it. Yeah, really I think that's that's definitely it. one of its biggest problems. Like, I haven't gotten to it on my list yet, but, like, I don't think it's the worst scene ever. But considering it was supposed to be a big, like, tentpole team-up movie. Right. You, sh- you should expect better. Right, and I agree with you 100%. And, like, to me, like, what we finally get the Justice League on the big screen and that's it. Because, like, in context of history, if you look at the first Avengers film, how big that thing was. It was bigger than life. And we're getting Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, Flash, all in the same, you know, all in the same film. And it just felt like, man, this is it. These are your the set pieces. This is how the movie ends. That's the villain. Like, you really didn't get the – you didn't really get the Flash. You didn't get really – you didn't really get Cyborg. You really didn't get – you know, it felt like – a Batman film with these other characters in it, but it really wasn't a Batman film because they made Batman to be, I wouldn't say campy, but more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Like, like it was just this weird and it's, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work for me, especially in the context of history. But my initial thoughts is like, yeah, that's fine. It's fine. But now that I, I, I watched it, uh, I wouldn't say immediately after I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League, but I watched it, you know, bits and pieces, you know, you know, throughout, you know, April. Yeah. I was just like, man, what were they thinking? <laughs> like, there is not, like, there is not, like, one scene in Justice League that is better than anything in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like it just it yeah, just felt that, like it just felt like they drained they took all the meat off the bones with that film in the context of uh of film history. What how does this film age for me terribly? Oh yeah, terribly. absolutely. Like like to me it's it's aged the worst out of the ten films. Um and I like it's one of those films that should not be canon. It should be just tossed. Like I wish, I wish there was like a men in black, like little light flash thing that makes me forget about it. So that's my thoughts. Oh, what, what would I give it? 
but I give Justice League, I give it a three out of ten. Give it a three out of ten. Um, do you want to do number nine, or do you want me to? Do you want me to jump on number nine, and then I'll, we'll come back to you. I can do my number nine. Go for it. So my number nine. This one, this one hurts a lot because it's it's a pretty recent one, but it's Wonder Woman eighty four. I think we already ranted a lot about it during our review, but I'll I'll just kind of like recap it. But like the way this movie is written and scripted out, just is so bizarre. Like the whole point, the whole plot, basically hinges on. Wonder Woman not being able to get over her boyfriend for over 50 years. (laughs) Like, to me, I just feel like the entire message of this movie goes against what Wonder Woman is. I feel like it is very confused. It doesn't really even know what it's trying to be. Like, that's going to be a recurrent theme for some of these movies, I feel like. Not to mention, I feel like there's a lot of wasted potential with the setting. Like, we have this whole movie set in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's a, that's a hip thing to do. People are nostalgic for the 80s, but they don't do anything with it. Like, there's the one scene early on at the mall where it's like, oh, yeah, 80s. And then it's just, like, completely forgotten after that. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't play any factor for the rest of the movie. Why is the movie titled after the 1980s? Uh, who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, do you have a favorite sequence, scene, favorite moment? Was there anything emotionally in there that did it for you to make it watchable? I, I guess when Wonder Woman like got the uh, I forget what it's called, but like the eagle armor, and she's using that. That was cool. Mm-hmm. But man, like. I, I have a hard time just like getting really pumped up or excited for anything from that movie. So to you, it's pretty forgettable. It, it's it's pretty forgettable. Like there's not enough in there that makes me go, oh my god, this is so bad. Like it was for Suicide Squad, but I'm just like, man, this is now another movie. Opening, I remember when everyone when that film came out, and everyone talked about like the opening sequence, and I was like, that's not that cool. But okay. I thought it was okay, but my problem with the opening is it's very long. And then there's maybe like there's, two openings too. There's it. like two openings, but the problem with the first opening is what is the purpose? Is it here to like really give content, like clue us in on something that's going to happen in the movie? Is it here to foreshadow something? No, it, it's literally just like a thrown in action set piece. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any context for the story. It doesn't have any context for her character. Oh, I'm sorry. She she learns that lying is bad. That that's that's one of the the morals right. of the movie. Lying is right. bad. <laughs> it's like wow, really really hitting a home with the messaging of this movie. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> so profound. And and what what did you think of the villain Maxwell Lord? I I love Pedro Pascal. I think he did a pretty good job as, you know, being the actor. As for the character, though, I, I, I have to question if he actually had a plan. Because <laughs> he's like, okay, I'm going to use the wishes to to amass power. And then I'm going to, like, put the world in jeopardy. But then it's like, oh, wait, putting the world in jeopardy is also going to put my son in harm's way. I, I got to stop what I'm doing right here. 
I'm like, wow, it you really like thought this that weird one Donald Trump thing too. Yeah. <laughs> They made him look like Donald Trump a little bit. I mean, I I feel like if if there is a character that they should take another stab with by introducing him into another future movie, I, I would love to see Pedro Pascal return as Maxwell Lord. Because I I see a lot of potential for him to be a good antagonist, but the plot doesn't really give him a whole lot to do here, and his motivations are very confused and don't actually make a lot of sense and then uh, i don't really want to talk too bad about chris and wiggish cheetah because i think she did an okay enough job as being kind of like the quirky side villain but i don't think she needed to be in this movie like she felt like she was just thrown in to give wonder woman a more physical opponent to deal with besides maxwell lord i mean she's cheetah for like three minutes right yeah, she she doesn't actually become Cheetah until like the last act of the movie. She gets one fight scene with Wonder Woman and then she just like disappears. Right. <laughs> it's weird. like, oh, all right. <laughs> just another movie with a lot of wasted potential, and I'd go as far as saying some uh problematic messaging. Um grade out of ten, what are you giving uh, it? Four out of ten. It's it's below average. My number nine film was Birds of Prey. Like, I didn't go into that film expecting much, but it had like a real good like Rotten Tomato score, if I remember. Let me pull up that Rotten Tomato score on what that film is. Yeah, surprisingly, I think it's one of the higher rated ones, right? I think like, it's in like the nineties. Like it's in the top five. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's, it, I thought it was, I thought it was in the nineties. I thought, but it's at a 79% Rotten Tomato score. That's still too but high. I, like to me, like this is such a weird film. Like the action sequences in this film are really bad. Like I really like the character of Harley Quinn. I really like the badass. uh, Birds of Prey, like, I really think that they're all real strong in the film. Like, there's not a bad performance. I really, I really, I really liked, uh, oh, shit, what the fuck? What, what's her name? I'm trying to think off, off of it. Uh, I really liked, man, what was her name? Oh, yeah, Black uh, Canary. I like Black Canary. I like yep. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I mean, Ewan McGregor as Black Mask incredible but it just like it just felt like this weird campy watered down version of what it wanted to be like i remember seeing the film in imax before the pandemic (laughs) good times good times (laughs) um i remember seeing that film in imax before the pandemic and like i remember seeing the action sequence when they break into the into the the jail and it's like they were paintball like gunning everyone <laughs> like are all like the bullets and everything coming out of people's like sawed off shotguns were like it was like a paintball battle right it's like what <laughs> is going on here are these people being like murdered like because like whenever i think of like a a which is, which is a weird because uh, the movie was rated r right or was it pg-13 yeah it was rated r yeah, so it's weird that they like t- tuned down the violence. Yeah, like like to me, if you're gonna be rated R, like when I think of like a villain 
entering like a police station and like gunning down the police officers. I think of the first Terminator film yeah. and how like cinematic that sequence is. But it felt like this weird PG third. It's like it's like like the violence was like PG thirteen, but like the subject matter was like rated R. <laughs> it didn't make a lot of sense to me. And like Margot Robbie's great in it. You and McGregor's yeah, great. Yeah. Journey Journey Smollett is great in it. Um, I didn't care for Renee Montoya. I didn't care for her in that film. Like I just didn't think that she was a good Renee Montoya. Um, Rosie Perez. Uh, yeah, she almost felt like she didn't want to be on the screen whenever one of her right. scenes was coming. <laughs> like I like Chris Messina's uh, Victor Zaz, but I didn't like the, I didn't like where they went with Cassandra Cain. I was like, that's not like Cassandra Cain that I remember when I was reading the comics. It just didn't make much sense. Like the movie just felt like this this watered down version. Like just uh, and like they killed spoiler alert they killed Black Mask at the end I was like wow he's one of, like one of the yep. best villains in DCEU why would you, I was why so would disappointed when they did that I'm like oh man I would love for him to show up in like a like a Batman thing later on or something but yeah they, for no. sure hundred percent and just no. like oh dad I'm just like what um and then like I like I remember they changed the name of it so it went from Birds of Prey the uh, magic the Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn to it was uh, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. It's just like, what the hell is going on? Right. It's like, oh, it, it turns it, out that like a artsy long title doesn't really appeal to the masses. <laughs> um, There's not really a f- – I like uh, anything with Black Mask in it, love it. Mm-hmm, Probably yep. my favorite scenes. Um. I haven't seen it since, so I can't say that it's aged better or worse. And I just, like I said, like, I'm just like, what is happening in this? What? I just I, like, I do want to like, give some like, props to the, uh, I've, I already forgot her name, so I feel bad about the director. I think she yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, she, I feel like she did a good job. Like, I don't love look, the like, movie. Like, but... the movie's like, it, it's like, it's like, d- it's, it wanted to be Deadpool, but it ended up being Scooby-Doo. Yeah, there's, there's definitely like a real Deadpool type of vibe to the way Harley Quinn is portrayed. The, right. the, her narration and the just kind of the goofiness that she elicits. But the movie has a good style to it. Like, I'll, I'll give her props for that. Like, it definitely does not get lost in the sea of browns and grays that a lot of other movies will find themselves in. So, like, props, props there. So I would give that film a three and a half out of ten. Um, I've not seen it recently, so it's still at three and a half out of ten. <laughs> um, number eight, Kyle, do it. My number eight is Justice League. We've already talked about it a little bit, but I'll just kind of get my thoughts on it. It was a fun movie. Like, I, I remember coming out of the theater when I first saw it, I was like, that is actually pretty good. I don't know what everybody's hating on. It was like a fun, campy, kind of a throwback to the old school Justice Friends type of TV shows Super I remember Friends. watching. Yeah, Super like Friends. Super Friends. You said Justice Friends. I was like, what the fuck's Justice Friends? <laughs> Have you never seen the Justice Friends, Justin? <laughs> no. no. Uh, but yeah, like, it reminded me a lot of those older 
uh, superhero movies uh, shows I used to watch. And you know, over time though, I the the problems of it have definitely gotten to me more. Like there, I can still kind of go back and maybe be like, oh, you know, this is kind of fun. But having now experienced a better version of that movie, mm-hmm. it hasn't aged very well at all. Like now that yeah. I, I'm going back and looking at it, I'm like, oh, you can really see some of the weird decisions they made with cutting out some characters plot lines you can see uh some of josh whedon's kind of uh perverted humor here and there that doesn't it's very uncomfortable to watch nowadays mm-hmm. yeah but like i still enjoy the cast of characters like i still love yeah uh ezra miller's flash i still enjoy um uh, Gal Gadot as uh, Wonder Woman, you know, like the whole cast is so good. Mm-hmm. It's just they didn't get all of the sun, they didn't get all of the spotlight that they needed. Mm-hmm. So it's just a bit of a shame. You didn't, you, did you care for Ben Affleck's bloated scenes where he <laughs> looks like he had a bad <laughs> sun? Scenes. Yeah, not my favorite Ben Affleck performance. Like, we'll get to his other ones early, uh, later, but yeah, in terms <laughs> of uh, on the scale, bit lower down um so if i had to pick a favorite scene from that version of justice league when it ended (laughs) when it ended no no so in all honesty i actually really enjoyed the part near the end where like flash and superman are having a race Mm -hmm. that is fun i i don't think they should have saved that for the end but it is what it um, is. What what do you give like out of ten? I'll give it a four four out of ten. It's below average. Number eight for me, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I don't know what they were thinking. Like how do you how do you <laughs> how do you go from Wonder Woman to that? Like, it was like the Ghostbusters 2. It was like the Predator 2. It was like the Home Alone 2 of sequels. It should have been the Dark Knight of sequels. It should have been, you know, it should have been the Godfather Part 2 of sequels, especially with the, after the success of the first Wonder Woman film. Setting it in the 80s was a great idea. They didn't execute it correctly. The whole idea of bringing back Steve Trevor in this weird way that didn't make sense at the end was like a head-scratcher because he... Steve Trevor is in this weird dude's body and he doesn't it, remember yeah, anything it's, about it's it. It's so awkward. It's like Wonder Woman sexually assaults a dude. <laughs> <laughs> the dude doesn't well, me- have any memory of it. So I guess it makes it okay. I'm not saying that sexual assaulting is okay. I'm not saying <laughs> that. I'm just saying they like that literally happened, but it's yeah. like they, it's like they, they made it quote unquote okay which i don't agree with mm-hmm. because at the end they kind of it's alluded that they ended up together um i didn't like i didn't like that's not my maxwell lord like <laughs> and then like i just remember he just wants more power and so he's able to get more power from people it was like that weird batman forever like mind control you know plot and Wonder Woman 1984, just like, what is going on here? The action was horrible. Christian, Christian Wig wasn't that great. The score was great. The action was terrible. 
Mm-hmm. The movie wasn't good. I don't know. Like, uh, doesn't age well. I don't think I have a favorite scene in that movie. Actually, I take that back. It's when she finally decides that it's more important for her to be Wonder Woman than be with fake Steve Trevor. And like, you see the emotion, like you see, you've seen how she grew, grew as an actress over, you know, the last film. Like that was an epic scene. I thought like, I really liked that. Yeah. Um, but like, man, I was just like, what? it was like the Richard Lester Superman two or Superman three <laughs> in comparison. It was just no good. What? Uh, how did my, my initial thoughts? I was like, "What the hell is? Am I watching?" Right. I can't believe that they had that movie like edited and completed for like a year, and then just they just sat on it. I'm like, has is nobody like telling them that there's some some problems with this movie they need to get fixed? Like, it's it boggles my mind. I'm boggled. Um, three and a half out of ten. <laughs> I Fair. know. Um, yeah, three and a half out of ten. I know I'm gonna get shit because they're like, "How is that movie above Wonder Woman 1984?" Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That movie should have <laughs> been The Dark Knight. It should have been. It should have been Godfather Two. It should have been. It should have been uh, Spider Man Two, but it or X Men Two, but it was literally like a Richard Lester film. So. It was more. It was more like X Men Origins Wolverine, or X or X Three: The Last Stand. <laughs> At least the action in that movie was good. Yeah, that's so sad that we're we're coming to this conclusion. Uh, number seven, Kyle. My number seven is Birds of Prey. I don't have a whole lot of strong feelings about it. Like I, I'm disappointed they killed off one of the best parts of the movie, which is. Uh, Black Mask. Vill- Black Mask. Uh, Holly Quinn tried a little too hard to be funny and quirky, and it just kind of got on my nerves after a while. She tried too hard to be Deadpool. Tried too hard to be Deadpool. Like I get, I get what they're going for, but don't turn Holly Quinn into your Deadpool. There's, there's characters that can already fill that role in the DC universe. I'm just saying. Um, it's but like other than that though, like. Not a whole lot really stands out. Like the visuals were cool. I, I don't really remember much of the action sequences except that, like we mentioned, the gunfights were oddly ter- tuned down, oddly uh, censored. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was so weird. Like I was hoping that film would be like RoboCop with the action. And that's so weird too because it's like, oh yeah, Victor Zaz in a movie. Oh, what's he gonna? Is he gonna like really go to town on somebody with his like knives? Oh, no, he's just. He's just some guy that kind of stands around and he's like the hired thug, the the, the muscle. All right. <laughs> Cause you know, that's, that's Victor Zaz. That's, that's what he does. Yeah. Just a lot of ways of potential, not very memorable for the most part. And I have honestly not gone back and rewatched that movie since I saw it in the theaters. That was the last time I watched it and I've not felt compelled to go watch it again. Don't blame you. Um, score rating? 4.5 out of 10. Just slightly below average. My number seven is, is not the, but is Suicide Squad. Um, 
really have nothing more to add to what Kyle had to say. I, I, I enjoyed the Ben Affleck stuff that's in there. I really liked Will Smith. I really didn't care much for the Joker. Um, Harley Quinn was great in it, though. It just felt like this weird, disjointed. It was like it was it was like I don't know how to describe it. It was like it was it was, it was confused. Yes. So uh, it was entertaining, though. Like I liked the action. I thought it was entertaining. Like I thought it had its moments. It had it was funny in parts. I thought the action was was a lot better. Um, you kind of cared more about the characters, and that that's really where it goes for me. Why, like to me, like I could rank Wonder Woman eighty four as Suicide Squad, you know, at kind of like the same spot. Um, but for me, I cared about the characters more in Suicide Squad than I did Wonder Woman eighty four. Like things made a little bit more sense, like motivational, motivationally speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the action was stronger, so. Um, That's fair. Three and a half out of ten favorite sequence. <laughs> to me, the, the, my favorite sequence in that film uh, is Ben Affleck as Batman. I thought I, I truly, truly think that he looks his best in that film. You know, in the suit and you know, in his like, in his like suit with uh, with uh, Amanda Waller. That's like the closest so, we're gonna get to like prime Batman Ben Affleck. Right, three and a half out of ten. I know that Wonder Woman eighty four and Birds of Prey are three and a half out of ten, but it's a three and a half out of ten for other reasons. It's still it's convoluted, it's still a mess, it still is disjointed, still watered down version. But it's uh, uh no, I'll give it a three point seven five. So, <laughs> um, number six, Kyle. Okay, this is where I start to get bunch of angry messages but i'm gonna put batman v superman here i i i feel like i am willing to go to bat for batman v superman in a lot of instances but you can't deny even with the ultimate edition that this movie is trying to do a lot with its runtime it's trying to introduce us to the concept of like a justice league and wonder woman and we're also setting up a conflict against Lex Luthor, but then there's Doomsday as well. We have this rivalry between Batman and Superman. We have to make him fight. There's this investigative subplot involving Lois Lane and the bullet. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, early on in the movie, uh, we we get just a whole bunch of characters dying, and it's like, why are we why are people dying? Uh, Lex Luthor apparently set it up, but how? Why? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like. When you really stop and think about this movie, it is exhausting. <laughs> it, it, does, it tries to do so many things. It, it tries to have all the cakes and eat it at the same time. Like They literally threw this kitchen scene. It, they they really did. They're like, we want to do the death of Superman. We want to have, form the Trinity. We want to set up Justice League. It's like, oh, my God. Can Doomsday we, is in there. We also need to have Batman and Superman fight like in The Dark Knight Returns. It's It's like, okay, bro, chill. Chill. We got... We got three hours of runtime and you're trying to cram like four movies into this thing. (laughs) And so as a result, while there are some fantastic moments, I feel like the parts in between where we're going from 
like one scene to the next feels disjointed feels rushed at times mm-hmm. like some scenes that really should have been fleshed out and explained are just kind of not and then we just kind of hurry on and go on to the next uh conflict involving some party i don't know like there are moments in that movie that i absolutely adore like i actually really like the fight between superman and batman i didn't really love how they got set up i don't like how next uh got him the fight in the first place very you much think a- that bruce wayne would outsmart lex luthor i think there's a good possibility wild? yeah plus like the whole conflict could have been avoided if superman had just been like oh hey bruce i am being held hostage by lex Luthor. let's talk about this but you know he's just like oh batman let me walk towards you while i say we need to talk well he he does <laughs> stop at one point and is like bruce wait stop but then like bruce pisses him off by like shoving something at him and it doesn't even hurt him yeah <laughs> uh like I, I can forgive some of the weird uh, decisions and the how the way some scenes are shot, but like in general, I just feel like the idea of oh we have a Batman versus Superman movie should have been just absolutely amazing. But I feel like in the the race to try to catch up with Marvel, they tried to just do too much at once, and as a result. I feel like a lot of the really emotional parts just didn't hit as hard. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're, there was just too much going on for a movie that should have been kind of a fun popcorn, popcorn kind of flick. Um, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm probably going to get some crap for that. Cause I'll pay something like, Oh, well you clearly just didn't understand the subtle messaging of Batman V Superman. Like I think you understood all of it, but you think that it was it was bloated. It's like, very bloated. Yeah. Like like if I feel like it, it, if it lost one or two of those elements, like the Doomsday or this or that, like the film would have been elevated probably a lot more than what it was. It would have been able to breathe a little bit more. Yeah. Um, like like I get it. you want to do the death of Superman. That should have been saved for Justice League. You want to set up the Trinity? Okay, maybe. I feel like. We could set up the Trinity somewhere else. We don't have to do it in Batman v Superman. <laughs> like, can we just focus on introducing Batman and then having like more of a proper Man of Steel sequel rather than it being a Justice League prequel? No. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's what I ultimately wanted. I wanted more of a Man of Steel sequel than a Justice League prequel. Fair. Um. W- what was your initial thoughts when you went into the theater and you saw it? I I remember coming out of the theater actually very excited. I remember really enjoying it the first time around. Um, it wasn't until afterwards where we realized that there was like a whole, another version of the movie that had 30 minutes of footage cut out. <laughs> 30 minutes of it restored uh, that we eventually got later on. Which to me now is definitely the definitive version of that movie. If if you're gonna watch it, watch the ultimate edition, hundred um, percent. But yeah, like a lot of the bloatedness of it didn't bother me at first because I was just like, oh my god, Doomsday! Oh my god, Lex Luthor! Like it was so cool to see all these versions of these characters in live action for the first time. Well, not necessarily Lex Luthor for the first time, but you know what I mean. Um, that yeah, like it didn't really bother me at first, but. Over time, like 
the honeymoon phase kind of faded away and I was just kind of like, okay, <laughs> what we're left with is not very satisfying. Um, has it aged poorly? I wouldn't say poorly, but it's not a movie that I'm excited to like go back and rewatch that often. Like, I feel like I have to mentally prepare myself for a rewatch whenever the time for that comes around, you know? Um, favorite scene, sequence, moments, um, were there a few of those in this film? Was there something that was real strong for you? The Batman warehouse fight. When he breaks oh. in, takes out all the thugs, and saves Mama Kent. This 10 out of 10 scene. That is how you do a Batman fight. That, that is like the gold standard that has now been set. I I'm speechless because I think about that sequence and like how awesome it is. Um, like if you ever meet somebody that's like, Oh, I don't really know if I like Ben Affleck as Batman. Just be like, here, look at this scene. <laughs> Watch this scene here. <laughs> Tell me I mean, he's like, not a good get, Batman. You get Batman in that sequence. He's not saying anything. He's just doing. Yeah. Um, Anything else? There were there were a lot of things that happened. You know, you got the Flash for a second. You got Aquaman. You got Wonder Woman. Um, you got the Doomsday fight. You got the opening sequence. You know the, uh, you know the beautiful life sequence with you know Batman's parents being murdered. You got the that, attack on Metropolis. That version, that version of uh, the the death of the Waynes is pretty good. I don't know if I'd say it's better than the one we got in the Nolan movies, but it is well done. Mm -hmm. I, I'll give I'll give Zack Snyder props for that. Like mm -hmm. I, I, in general, like I don't really have an issue with the direction of the movie. I think Zack shot it very well. None of the scenes look bad. I just right. think from like a story writing perspective, it was like an exhausting experience, and there was just too much going on. You're gonna get hated. <laughs> I I know I will. But You're you know, gonna get I, canceled. You can cancel me on Twitter at Luden Kyle. Make sure you follow me before you message me or else I won't see it. Just saying. Um, <laughs> grade rating. I'll give it a six out of 10. It's above average. Six out of 10. Um, number. We're on seven, right? We're on six. We're on six. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, number six for me is going to be Wonder Woman. And I know I'm going to get hate for this because I I know I know there's the the No Man's Land sequence is so incredible, but uh it just isn't memorable for me, like that film. I respect and that. I I feel like it would have been if they had a few more, if they would have had a cameo or two. Like the okay, movie okay. is really well done. The the story is real strong. The emotion is there. But to me, like to me, when you have these, when you have these films, as strong as Wonder Woman is, I feel like the other films just did everything just slightly better. Not much better. 
I think Patty was really good. I thought the action, the action, like everyone talks about no man's land sequence, but to me, when they take out the sniper and she takes out the, 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 the tower and it kind of explodes, like to me, that is so fucking cool. Um, at the end where, where she realizes that Steve Trevor's, you know, sacrificing himself for the world was real good. Uh, I think where my problem really, really comes down to is the whole airy stuff. Yeah. Like to me, that's, that's my big issue where that's where it lands at number six when it should be like number two or three, because the, the villain itself, you have this really strong wonder woman character. But Ares to me, and the the fight sequences and the motivations all work. But to me, just it just wasn't what I was hoping for. Could you? If, yeah, like, to me, it, it is me, so awkward how they're like, "Oh, there's Ares, the god of war. He's some British guy with a mustache." Right. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> so I feel so like they did you, that just to make a plot twist for the sake of a plot twist. Like you never right. guessed and he like, was Aries. No, and it's not even that. Like the the twist, whatever. Like you knew you knew, like you like how they set it up. You you knew what was going to happen. Like you don't have a an actor like that not turn or do something. But to me, it just motivationally, just it just like it was the to me Aries was the weakest part of that film. Like where where Black Mask elevates, where Lex Luthor elevates, where um, Steppenwolf and Zack Snyder's Justice League elevates. Yeah. Um, you know, Black Manta, uh, Orm and Aquaman, they elevate the, the ongoing story, the structure, the plot, you know, the motivations, the threat. Ares doesn't do that in this film. And if you would have had like, could you just imagine, like, uh, like w- the film Wonder Woman with like a villain like Ocean Master, <laughs> like where his motivations are so clear, you know? And there's other villains in it. Like, re- remember you had that? I can't even remember the lady with like the messed up face. You have the the poison uh, lady. Yeah. What's the Ludendorff is a villain in it as well. Just to me, like the villains were were under serviced because hey, that's, really that's the thing, like, to... I, I feel like you could have had her and Ludendorff be the main villains. I think it would have but, worked, but they kind of end up just being speed bumps on the way to Aries. And it, it's kind of a shame. Cause there's, like, there's a lot you could do there. Like having these people who are like inherently evil, like they're, they're part of the, the German party, they're there, like, wanting to harm people. And, like, really, they could have really explored that and have that become, like, a big part of Wonder Woman's character arc throughout the movie. Her trying to learn to, you know, become a savior of humanity. But, like, mm-hmm. no, no, they just kind of, like, gloss past all that. And they're like, oh, hey, look, here's a god of war. Go fight the big right. evil dude. And like, and, like, it's like, it's like a 
three or four minute thing like a battle between them like to me like the, to me like the the villain should raise the stakes of the film like it shouldn't be a threat to wonder woman it should be a threat to mankind and it sort of kind of was um but it just doesn't have that long lasting like when i think of a villain i think of black mask when i think of a villain i think of lex luthor when i think of a villain i think of you know Orm in Aquaman or even Black Manta Mm -hmm. just it's like 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 whoa like I can't believe you know like to me like like Ares was cartoonish so I would give um my initial thoughts of the film like i really loved it i still love it but it's number six for me initial thoughts i was like great great film i I just can't believe we finally got wonder woman on the big screen um it's aged uh it really hasn't aged better or worse for me Mm -hmm. um it's it kind of ages maybe a little bit worse because of the sequel because i know what that sequel is (laughs) um you're like, oh, so this is what um, Wonder Woman's going to do 50 years after the ending? Okay. <laughs> like, to me, it's like a 7.5 out of 10. Um, 7.5, 8, that's right now 7.5 out of 10. And it's pretty good. So that is my number six. Number five, Kyle. My number five is Aquaman. I think that's Aquaman. My number five. Cool. So we can kind of talk about this in unison. Yeah. I think James Swan killed it when he made Aquaman. Like I, mm-hmm. I was not really sure what to expect when he was uh, brought on board to do the project, but he really pleasantly surprised me. I found the way he directed the action sequences to be very exciting and engaging. I think the visuals of the movie are really awesome. Like there's mm-hmm. an argument to be made that maybe it's a little too heavily reliant CGI, but I'm like, I mean, the movie takes place underwater. It's it's kind of hard to avoid that, but I think yeah, I think it's a good mo- looking movie. I think it's a fun movie, and it really leans into the cheese that you mm-hmm. kind of expect Aquaman to bring. Like, I know I know there's this big effort to try and move Aquaman to being a little bit more serious of a character, and I respect that. And I think Jason Momoa does a pretty good job of that at times. But at the end of the day, though, he's kind of a goofy guy. <laughs> like to he, me, like to me, it's it has a perfect balance, yeah, of the bigger than life of Aquaman, the kind of like tongue in cheek, you know, underwater stuff. But the same token, James Wan is able to give Aquaman the badassery that it needs. Like, because remember, there's a sequence where he rides a seahorse, and we've all seen that meme of. Aquaman in like that orange and green outfit riding a purple seahorse. <laughs> but in the film, it's so badass. You know, the, and there's so many good things about that film too, like Ocean Master, Black Mana. Um, you know, the opening sequence with Alana when she's kicking the shit out of, you know, all the. Uh, the it just, everything really works. My big problem with Aquaman is I thought that the story was real weak. Yep. Yep. Like I didn't, I didn't like the dialogue too much. I didn't care for the story too much. 
Um, I thought that the set pieces were great. I thought Jason Momoa was perfectly cast. I love, love, love Orm. I love Nicole Kidman in there. You know, Patrick Wilson killed it. You know, Black Mana crushed it. I mean, Dolph Lundgren, awesome in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, I, it's not so much motivation. It's not so much like the emotion of it. It just felt like the story was like little on the weak side. Like it yeah, could have been so... tight. Like it could have been tighter edited. The the dialogue could have been beefed up a little bit more. You yeah, know, there, there's definitely a sense that the the script wasn't the highest priority with the movie. They're more like, okay, how can we incorporate these characters and get them to go to all these cool looking places? And then mm-hmm. the story well, was kind of secondary. Indiana Jones. Yeah, but but to me, like in, what works so well about Indiana Jones is the swashbuckling story really works to me to me like aquaman tried to be indiana jones but was really just pirates of the caribbean (laughs) and like i mean that with utmost respect because i really do really do like the film i think it's real strong it made a billion dollars people loved going to the movies to see it It was a fun summer i don't think it came out in the summer but it was a fun action movie like it's real it's really accessible like i can throw that on at any time of day or night and be entertained by it so um my favorite sequence of that movie there's two like when he finally is aquaman when he finally reveals himself out of the waterfall fully formed aquaman i'm sorry there's three so that (laughs) sequence when when they're in that white thing when he's like chained when when uh arthur's chained up and they're like in this white looking like i don't know what that like the kingdom of atlantis like you know where oh like like, i just like yeah i don't i'm not sure if that was a palace or something okay and and like they they throw down the gauntlet of like we're gonna you know fight in the fire pit thing or the ring of fire uh was cool but obviously the endings like sequence where aquaman and ocean masters square off like the the cinematography the action was really like like it was real good Real good. Also, I want to give a special shout out to the uh, when they're like entering the trench and like under the water, and like all those creatures start swarming all over them. Mm-hmm. That I don't know how they made that. Probably a lot of CGI, but it looks so good. Like when I first saw that scene in the theater, the, the, just seeing the swarms of all these bodies surrounding them underwater it actually gave me chills. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it age? What was your thoughts on it uh, when you first saw it in theaters? I was very into it and excited after seeing it the first time, and I still feel very much the same way, even though it's been, what, like two, three years since it came out? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, it came out in 2018. Yeah, like it's still one that I like to go back to once in a while and watch, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's a movie that actually is incredibly underrated. Like I see so many people that are like, oh, Aquaman. Why would I want to go see an Aquaman movie? I'm like, no, trust me. It's good. <laughs> um, it's badass. But I th- I think that it kind of gets lost in the in the shuffle of the films that have come out. 
Um, you know, I got, I feel like it kind of got lost in the shuffle between, you know, BVS and Man of Steel. Like it should be talked about a lot more because that score is incredible. Mm-hmm. I think that everything, Jason Momoa is not a strong actor, but he really does the best that he can as Aquaman. Um, I actually, you know what? I thought that he was a better actor in Zack Snyder's Justice League, to be honest. Like he, he had a more emotional, he had a more of emotional arc in that film, and it was just directed. Yeah, just I it's kind say of going back was, to what we were saying. Like, while I love the set pieces and the action in Aquaman, the actual story and like the character arcs, they're 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 kind of secondary. It's like a pizza without any toppings on it. Yeah, it's like you can I can really enjoy a really nice cheese pizza. But I could enjoy that same pizza with a couple extra toppings, it'd be even better. Yep. You know, it's like a cake with not with not enough frosting. Yeah. <laughs> Might be a little uh, dry. I give that film eight, eight out of ten. I'm I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten as well. Go watch Aquaman if you haven't seen it. Number four. So so I'll jump to number four since we, uh, we both yeah. had number five. We both, we both had the same number five. So um, my number four is Man of Steel. Okay. It's the one that started it all, essentially. So this was kind of a big deal for me because I'll, I'll be 100% honest. For the longest time, I really never could get into Superman as a character. I, I appreciated mm-hmm. him for being like the symbol of peace and justice and all that, being like the model superhero for other superheroes. But when it came to me, like actually sitting down and like reading or watching a Superman thing, I just didn't really care. I always found him a bit boring. But Man of Steel was like the first time I ever went and saw a Superman thing, and I went, "Yeah, I I liked this. I really liked." Where things went, I really like the depictions of Superman's character. I really like how conflicted he can be when it comes to managing his time and having to save people. The struggles he has with not being able to save everybody. Like I feel like that movie actually succeeded in making me become a Superman fan. And for that, I will always hold it in high regard. With that being said, though, I totally see a lot of uh, the criticisms people have with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can be a bit of a drag at times. It feels like it takes forever to actually get to the, like the part of the movie that I feel like a lot of us remember fondly. Like we spent so much time with younger Superman, him growing through these trials and having to come to grips with what he is. He's not just a normal boy. He's actually an alien with godlike powers and all that could be very interesting, but it's, not as impactful as it could have been. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on the opening sequence on Krypton? I I love that intro. Like, I think the way they depicted Krypton as being this fallen utopia, like a, a civilization that has already gone past its prime and is now on the brink of destruction. It's super cool, super interesting. And come on, having uh having Jorel 
go just be an absolute badass standing up to Zod. I, I think that was just super cool. And it, it's just a smart way of opening the movie. Like instead mm-hmm. of having that be the thing that gets flashed back to later on in the movie, no, just, just open up with the movie. Just hit us with something really unique right out the gate. I, I mm-hmm. think be killed of that. Um, do, what what are your thoughts on the end sequence, like the battle, the Black Zero event in Metropolis? I think that gets way too much hate. <laughs> like I get what people mean by they're like, oh well, it's just Superman destroying the city, and I can't believe Superman killed Zod. It's like, okay, I, you guys earlier, mm-hmm. I feel like they're not focusing on the right things here. Like, yeah, there was uh there was um people casualties. There were people in the line of fire. Mm-hmm. Superman has made some mistakes. Like. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good thing that your character is flawed. That I've, that's what really appeals to me. Like I don't want to see picture perfect Superman save the day. Like I want to see him struggle. I want to see him actually remorseful for some of the things that he may have had to do in order to actually save people. Mm-hmm. And like a lot uh, of the stuff that people complain about actually worked for me. So, um, yeah. what were things that didn't work for you? Uh, I, I it is number four. Yeah. So, why is it not in the top three? <laughs> I think that the pacing could have been done a little bit better. Like we spent mm-hmm. so much time with Superman as a child. We spent so much time as Superman just being a guy that roams around trying to hide for the longest time. Like it really mm-hmm. isn't until over halfway through the movie where he like actually becomes Superman and mm-hmm. we get the conflict against Zod. Like it takes so long to actually get to that point on rewatches. It, it, it can be a little bit of a drag for me. Like that's, that's a minor problem. It's not like a huge deal to me, but it's, it is something to consider. So your big problem is Lois's investigation of who this alien or this person is who's going around saving the world. Is that it? Somewhat. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't mind Lois, Lois going through the motions, (laughs) but you know, she's got to do what she's got to do. It's just like, we're we're here following her along this mystery, but we already know the answer to the mystery. You know, (laughs) it's like, all right, put the pieces together. All right. Like we all, we all know where this is going to go. We we know Mm -hmm. you're going to have to eventually meet them and you're going to fall in love. Probably. Mm hmm. So um, for the most part, it's just us falling lowest of the motions. Did, did you already answer your favorite scene or sequence? Um, my favorite sequence is when Superman first gets the suit and he takes off from the, the, uh, the first flight. Yeah. That the music just hits the, the, the way he looks in the suit as he's flying through the air. Just perfect. 10 out of 10. I think that, I think that the, I think that the music in this film is still perfect. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 music is so great, so grandiose, so wonderful. It made you forget about John Williams' score, and it's like whoa! It, it hits differently. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, w- I would say it's my favorite soundtrack from the DCUU so far. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I see. I think Zack Snyder's Justice League might just edge it out a little. Um, how does the film age for you? When was the, I guess when was the last time you watched it too? Last time I rewatched it was just before Zack Snyder's Justice League came out. That was a uh, part of my rewatch, and uh, I I enjoyed it just as much as I ever have when uh, rewatching it. Like every time I go back and rewatch it, I'm always just like, man, this movie is really good. I don't always think about it. It's not one that you know comes to mind on a daily basis like some other movies, but whenever mm-hmm. I do go back, I'm like, yeah, this is like. It's like comfort food. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always feel like I'm in a good place when I'm sitting down watching that movie. Uh, rating for you? I'm going to give it an 8.5. Okay. Number four for me, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh, I still I have the same sort of thoughts, processes, in regards to what Kyle had to say, I thought that it was bloated. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because there are episodes where we where, where we love Batman versus Superman. I love the Ultimate Edition. I think that Zack Snyder really crafted something meaningful and still talked about today. However, I do feel that the movie is bloated. I think that they try to do too much. I think that's a, 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 I think that's what the downfall of that film is, is to try to be too much too fast. And I don't think that's Zack Snyder's fault. I think that's the overall mantra to try to ke- catch up to Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love Ben Affleck. My big problem with B- Batman versus Superman is the movie at times is really too dark. There's no levity. I thought that when you have a character that's as – and, like, this is stuff that's been debated, and I'm not trying to get into a debate. Like, I'm, I'm sure people are going to hate my thoughts on Batman versus Superman. But when you have a dark character like Batman, Bruce Wayne, who's who has the issues that he has at this point in his life, you can't – or I shouldn't say you can't. I, say, I should say you shouldn't. You shouldn't have an equally – cumbersome character like clark in this film Mm -hmm. like he's still he's still tripping over himself trying to figure out who he is and i really think there's got to be contrast there you can't have two characters that are equally brooding battle each other in their differences when they're both like in the same page (laughs) there needed to be levity in the film like i don't know where you get that levity at i don't know if you get the levity you know, in Lex Luthor or Clark Kent, you know, but there needed to be something there because there's a lot of tragic moments in that film. You know, um, I have issue. My main my biggest problem with that film, other than it being bloated, is I really still this day hate the sequence when he's on Capitol Hill and he doesn't say anything <laughs> like that's the moment where he could finally say you know, I, you know, I'm this, 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 and this, and really get the public to understand who he was. I understand what they were trying to do. Like they really wanted to frame Superman, but they could have framed Superman too at the same point as he's trying to give a speech. You know, he doesn't say anything. Um, right. Yeah. Like the bomb goes off the second he shows up. It's like, whoa, chill guys. (laughs) I really, 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 really starting to really enjoy uh, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, especially that sequence, because I really do like his um, 
I really like the way, what he did with that. I love his dialogue. Score's great. Like I said, the my problem is that it's bloated. And um but other than that, it's there's some iconic moments in that film, you know. The tell me do you bleed sequence, you know, mm-hmm. where Batman fights Superman, Batman fights Batman Superman and Wonder Woman fight Doomsday. Um I just like I said, I just like at times it's just like real dark. There needed to be there needed that, to be That's what I'm saying. Like I, I can go back and rewatch a lot of the DC movies pretty easily. But Batman v Superman, even though I mostly like it, I feel like I have to mentally prepare for a rewatch because it's like, oh my god, so dark, it's so heavy. Like the subject matter is always like going in a very serious direction. It's like, mm-hmm. oh god. Like, like the not- movie starts, the movie starts with, with you know the Wayne murder, and yeah. then you do the Black Zero event, and like even the Ultimate Edition, like the violence is. The violence in the Ultimate Edition, like they go to Nairobi, and you know Jimmy Olsen's murdered. It's just like it's just it's just <laughs> one dark sequence after another. And like I said, I like I'm okay with it being dark in moments. Like I know what they're trying to do with it, but they're needed. Like even like like so. Let's just say that they were trying to do like an Empire Strikes Back with their two towers. Uh, version of that for the sequel, there's still that levity in those films. Yep. You know, there's still those moments. Like you still where... got like Han Solo kind of making his wisecracks. You still got Legolas and Gimli, you know, mm-hmm. counting down how many people they've killed. Like you had those moments in those movies. Mm. And I there feel isn't, like there isn't anything like that in this one. Right. And then like, that's like, that's my big struggle with this film. Not because I hate the film. I just feel it's like, man, Throw something here, and I I'm not one for jokes. I'm I like my superhero films serious, like Winter Soldier. You know the Marvel the Winter Soldier for the MCU is my favorite because it takes itself seriously. But it this film especially because at times it can be too dark, and not dark like Batman Returns dark, but to me like the subject matter just. I needed I needed something. I needed something because when Superman ultimately does die and they do the cemetery, you know, they do the, you know, walk into the cemetery and, you know, the, you know, the, that is such an emotional sequence. I think it would have paid off even more if, you know, he had a little bit more levity at the beginning of the film. So, yeah. and I'm like I said, like I wasn't looking for anything like Superman the movie jokey, but I would have taken anything. So, um, eight, give that eight out of ten. So, number three, Kyle. My number three is going to be Zack Snyder's Justice League. I, this is the most recent movie, so my opinions of it from now, well, from then and now haven't really changed. I still. Mm-hmm very much enjoy it. I feel like this is the movie where Zack Snyder's very high level of um, his, his really high aspirations. Like he's always trying to really shoot for the hip, uh, for the top, right? He's always trying to go big with his things. I feel like this is the movie where he really actually did accomplish that. Like having the big bombastic team up movie here actually feels like it works. I feel like it justifies its runtime for the most part. There's, I feel like you could 
cut out a few minutes of, of the three and a half hours it is or whatever, but four hours, four hours. Oh, God, it's so, so long, but I actually don't really care because I like the way it's structured. I like uh, the new scenes that we got, or I guess the old new scenes, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. But to me, this actually feels like the big team up movie that we've been wanting for, for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Like actually getting big world ending threats like Dark Side to make an appearance, actually getting like a version of Steppenwolf that has motivations besides being evil. Like he, he's trying to reclaim his position within Dark Side's forces. You know, he's he's like a fallen member of uh, the team there that's just trying to mm-hmm. trying to make a name for himself again. Like I, I totally see where he's coming from. Like having villains who actually enhance the story is so underappreciated sometimes, I feel like. And I feel like Steppenwolf is one of the best DC villains now because of that. Like, he had a purpose. He had a reason. Yeah, he's he's not just there to be a punching bag. Like He, he actually serves a purpose in fleshing out the world, you know, giving some, some, uh, some lore, some backstory to other events that happen inside of the DC universe. Like, it, it all ties things together nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any there's a lot on that film a lot of great moments sequences do you have a favorite I, I, a couple I favorites my favorite is probably still the moment where Barry has to go back speed in time force. Yeah, the speed force we has to like breathe and go back in time to undo the failure of the team and, and like switch things around um, cause it ties so heavily into his character, him having to like, let go and, and prove to his dad that he can be like mm-hmm. the number one, like he can be a hero. I, I feel like that was just so well done and it was so awesome to watch. Like not only is it animated really well with the CGI, but like, man, just, it's one of those moments where as a comic book nerd, you're just like, what if we get a scene where the flash goes back in time and like defeats Steppenwolf or something. And like that actually happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just one of those like pipe dreams that probably won't happen, but you want to see it, but it does actually happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your thoughts? I know that we recently talked about this on, you know, on the review podcast, but what were your thoughts, your initial thoughts in seeing it? Uh, yeah, I, I was I was happy. Like I knew people had been fighting tooth and nail to get this made for for years, and actually seeing the fruits of their labors come to fruition, actually seeing the product in people's hands—well, not exactly, but you know what I mean. Actually, people people can actually see it. Seeing all of the years of Zack Snyder having the fight for this project behind the scenes, and then finally it coming out—like it, it was just so good. And the fact mm-hmm. that the quality of it actually stands up to the like the hype and expectations just mm-hmm. just makes it so much better. Uh I would say, well, how does the film age him? But I really doesn't <laughs> yeah. hasn't been, had time it, to it, age. It's, it's only been um, a couple months. <laughs> anything else you want to say about Zack Snyder's Justice League? I know that we recently reviewed it, so you don't really need to give a grade <laughs> yeah. for it. So. A couple of shortcomings why, I have I with it. I guess my question is, why is it not number one? Yeah, so a couple of the shortcomings I have of it still stand. Like, I still feel like 
despite how long it is, there are there are definitely a few things that could have been cut out. Like some of the plot threads are like, uh, here's Martian Manhunter or here's uh, an epilogue from the future with characters that may or may not actually be brought mm-hmm. back for future movies. It's like it, it really did feel like there's a lot of sequel baiting going on in the movie. And I'm like. I get why you're trying to do it, but like, I feel like we should have just concentrated on making this like a really strong final hurrah, like a final closing of the chapter. But no, there's still some loose threads that may or may not ever get resolved. And that's just going to annoy me forever. I know, I know some, (laughs) I know some people are like, Oh my God, a Martian man here. That's so awesome. Or, Oh my God, the future Joker. That's so awesome. But I'm just like, yeah, the idea is cool, but like I actually want to see something done with these people. I don't want them to just show up and tease us about a potential product product in the future. It's that's not satisfying to me. I get it. I understand. I definitely see your points there. Uh number three for me. Man of Steel. Uh my the reason why it's not number one or number two. And and I'm trying to like put thoughts together on this because we've talked about this at length before. Is my big problem is that it just doesn't land its ending like I really wanted it to. I think that Michael Shannon, Kevin Costner, Russell Crowe, Henry Cavill, Diane Lane, you know. All these actors, you know, what Zack Snyder was able to do, um, you know, the way it was edited, the music. I just thought that it just did not land how I like. I really wish that they would have edited the sequence, the Black Zero event down a little bit or there was some exposition in between because it literally goes from the action sequence from Smallville to the action sequence, you know, in the in the sky to then the Black Zero event, mm-hmm. and there wasn't enough room for it to breathe. Like you didn't get to me, you didn't get the emotional weight of Smallville being destroyed. I know there's a little thing here or there with uh, Ma Kent and Superman. And, you know, you have the exposition right after what the plan is to, you know, get, you know, get the uh, Kryptonians, you know, back into the Phantom Zone. But to me, there needed to be more of that. There needed to breathe a little bit or some of the things needed to be edited down just a little bit tighter. I think that the action sequences that were in the final film were great and everything, but walking out of that film i was just like man like it just it just yeah. felt like and i don't even really have a problem with superman killing at the end killing general zod he literally could have put his hands over general zod's eyes i mean there that could have happened and but that's an argument to debate for another you know for another episode again but uh but my thing is like man it just like it just wasn't that end sequence wasn't as tight as to me it needed to be and the stakes were too high if that makes sense because they set the whole thing up as they were trying to make this a very realistic 
take on a very grounded take on Superman, but then it kind of goes literally out of this world. And it just, I don't know, like to me, like that's always been my problem. Like, I think the movie starts great. I really love the Kryptonian sequence at the beginning between Jor-El and General Zod and Russell Crowe's great in it. You know, the sequence where he's, you know, doing like a, he's doing like a, it's not like, it's like a council board meeting for a city, you know, pleading with them, you know, we have to do this, we have to do that. And, you know, and his death is so, you know, so so tragic and i really don't even have problems with kevin costner you know the way that he kind of was like hey don't do this or don't do that like i'm okay with those things because those are story choices that maybe you make in 2013 to kind of make this character a little bit more relevant Mm -hmm. to bring more audiences to make it more accessible to, to audience members but to me that end sequence just every time i watch it's like man but I don't know how to make that end sequence better other than cutting the, it, it needed to trim the fat. Like it was like it was a medium rare steak, but there was just a little too much fat on the sides. Um, the score is great. Like how, what else can I say about Hans Zimmer's score? The, the dude like, killed it with that. I know. Like that was one thing that I was worried about. I was like, man, how do you how do you make a Superman movie without the Superman score? So, but he did it. He was able to do it and made it its own and it's kind of live on it's living on. Uh it lived on through BVS, now Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like it just works. A lot of that movie works. <laughs> it just works. Um, um, I give that movie an eight and a half out of ten out of ten. Um Yeah. Film has the film has aged better. Yeah. But not it's not like aged better than I'm trying to think of a movie that's kind of aged better with time. Uh like the a original Superman. <laughs> Like, yeah, well, obviously, you know, that movie was an instant classic. So, oh, yeah, eight and a half. That's my number three. Number two, Kyle. My number two is Wonder Woman. And uh, we're going to have the same number one. That's surprising. Yeah, yeah imagine that. Uh, but I'll, I'll keep my Wonder Woman thoughts pretty brief because I, I adore a lot of what they did with her character. I love the depictions of Themyscira we got. I like the idea of having it be like a fish out of water tale of her having to go to the modern world and kind of learn about humanity and learn to appreciate them over time. Uh, But yeah, like the weak point of the movie is trying to kind of show an Ares in at the end. It's like the big bad. I feel Mm -hmm. like if, if the actual villain was just uh, some scummy humans, it would have thematically been a stronger movie, but just having like a random God of war show up at the end is, and being the one that was manipulating them the whole time, it's just like, uh, what is the lesson here? Like, look, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman is learning that, oh, humans are bad. They're just influenced by evil gods. So, <laughs> I don't know. So that, that was a bit of a missed opportunity there. Uh, in retrospect, though, uh, I find that the way they depicted Ares and Zack Snyder's Justice League made the character better. Just because he's such an utter badass in uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. But... For for this movie alone, nah, he, he just kind of shows up, doesn't look the character, doesn't look the part, isn't particularly intimidating. He just, 
he's just kind of like the big CGI guy that we have to fight to finish the movie. So that was a little disappointing, but mm-hmm. it's a relatively minor problem for me because I think the vast majority of that movie is just so strong. Like mm-hmm. I said, the the No Man Land is is a fan favorite. The, the sequence at the sniper tower and just the general bonds that she has to forge with uh, like the, the army dudes and her mm-hmm. friendship with them was was so great. Mm-hmm. Number two for me is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, and I really don't have much to add other than what Kyle already has added. I'm glad that we finally got to see it. I'm glad that we are in a post uh, Snyder Cut world because we finally did get to see it. We finally get to see what that film was because we had heard about it and it had been talked about and discussed and what was left in the original but i'm just glad that we got it like i'm glad that i was able to see that um speed force sequence i already said what i had to say about that i listened to that last episode kyle already kind of talked about it as well um to me that this movie is like an 8.7 out of 5 it's a little too long but luckily we live in an era where it can be streamed and it was cut into parts i just wish that those parts would have been able to be accessed on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, like I could have been able to like jump to other parts easier than just having it just being one long drawn out thing. Um yeah, number two, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Number one, I'm surprised I'm actually real surprised yeah, no- same. we didn't we didn't talk about this beforehand. <laughs> we just, um Shazam. Shazam this is actually unexpected, but I'm kind of glad this is where we're landing. Can I, can I start this one though? Go for it. Like to me, why Shazam's number one is because it lands tonally. It has a strong villain. It has a real strong story. There's emotion, the action, the sequence at the end with the family. Like to me, it is what the DCEU is at its strongest. And like, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for it. I'm sure you are too, that it's not that, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League is at number one. BBS is at number one. Man of Steel is at number one. To those people, all I would say is, how would Shazam act in this situation? Do you think he'd get all pissy and make a strong argument on the internet about why we're we're stupid? No. Right. That's not what Shazam would do. Be more like Shazam. (laughs) Like I said, like, to me, that's one of the, like, I had no expectations going into this film, what it was going to be like, but it was like, it was... it was like Elf meets It's a Wonderful Life or yeah. something. I can't remember what I tweeted when I saw this. Super accessible. Yeah. Super accessible. And it do, it's serious, but it doesn't take itself too seriously in, in moments. Um, it has the right level le- of jokes. It's funny. Um, the action sequences make sense. There's um, – there's horror elements in it. Like there's so much that works the story. Like I'm rooting for all the characters. I'm getting their motivations. Like it's, it's super strong, super, super strong. And I really love Zachary Levi. I really love the family. I thought that everyone who was cast in the film was perfect for their roles. Um, I really liked the, the, uh, 
the direction. I thought that it was edited perfectly. This, like I said, the like there is so much good about this film. I really don't think I have any real negatives about it. I th- I think that I would have preferred a more a few more little action beats here or there at the beginning of the film. Um, but other than that, like it just works on so many different levels for me. Yeah. It's something I can show my students and they love it. They think it's fun. They think it's funny. They cheer at the end of the movie where, where the family, you know, turns into, you know, you know, into the Shazam family or whatever they call that. So yeah, to me, Shazam is very much an example of it's greater than the sum of its parts. Like, it doesn't have the best visuals, it doesn't have the best music, it doesn't have the best writing, but it all comes together just to create a super enjoyable and accessible movie. Like, out of all the movies in DCEU, I feel like Shazam is the easiest one to just put on, kick back, and relax to. Like, some of the others, you know, if I'm watching any of the Zack Snyder movies, I feel like I have to mentally prepare myself even for like the wonder woman movies i have to like mentally prepare for the experience but for shazam nah i'm just i'm just gonna go throw it on and i might watch it i might just have it on the background i don't care because it's good either way uh favorite scene or sequence for you i i found the scenes where he like first gets the shazam powers and then he's working with his brother to like discover what kind of abilities he actually has just super funny because that that is exactly the kind of thing you might expect a couple of kids to do if they discover one of them had superpowers like let's just go go out let's just go go out and film a like youtube video trying to figure out what our powers are (laughs) you go to the party store that's hilarious shoot him in the face try to get some beer accidentally stop some criminals it's great it's so fun um I'm trying to think what else what what other things are there in there that i really like i i like uh i like savannah i thought that mark strong yeah. was real good in that um i like i like the sequence uh there's just a lot of funny stuff in there man i was just thinking of the sequence that i totally forgot about it um i like the i like the seven deadly sins yeah they're they're cool and I think they contrast pretty well with uh, the heroes. Like you got like the, the bastions the of family hope. The aspect works as well. Yeah. <laughs> if Fast and Furious has taught me anything, it's that family eats everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, like, yeah, it's just, it's just great. Um, how has the film aged for you? I think it's aged the last time you pretty well. It has been a minute since the last time I watched it. Like it's, it's probably been a, at least a year, maybe a little bit more than a year. But I, from what I remember, I I'd say it aged pretty well. Like I think a lot of the topics that are covered in the movie are still pretty relevant. Um, I feel like there's nothing about it that's inherently. Okay, I, I will say there there is one thing that maybe hasn't aged very well, and it's the way they handled. Uh, the appearance of Superman in the movie. Yeah, I was, was going to say the same ha- thing. having his head just be cut off, and it's like, oh, who is that? Is is it Henry Cavill? I don't know. It's like uh, everything that's happened afterwards is a little awkward. <laughs> I would have taken Henry Cavill's mustached face. Yeah, <laughs> just to see him back in that film. So um, that's like the one thing that kind of sticks out as a negative for me. 
nine out of ten for me. Nine out of ten. That sounds pretty good. I'll go with that. As well. Like I said, I'm surprised that we kind of both landed on Shazam. I thought I thought that there had been a a different film for you because I feel like I said my thing has always been that Shazam is like the best. Like if someone asked me like you know what's the best that DC has to offer, I would say hey, go watch Shazam. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so accessible. Even if you're not a fan of superhero movies, like I wouldn't tell somebody that's not familiar with DC or comic book movies to go watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. It, it's a huge commitment there. It's like very heavy. You need to like be familiar with some of the comic storylines, like really follow what's going on in that. But Shazam, nah, mm. just it's about a kid who gets superpowers and they, they get up to some shenanigans. That, that's all mm-hmm. you need to know. The YouTube stuff's great. Captain Sparkle fingers, <laughs> like the, the funny things, you know, the, like Zachary Levi was born for that role. It seems like it just works on a lot of levels. I'm really like looking forward to Shazam two and black Adam because of mm-hmm. that movie. So, um, yeah, number one. So episode one, seven, we really want to know what your top 10 are. Please don't hate on us if you, our number one or our number 10 isn't your number one or your number 10. This is our list, so be respectful out of that. But we are curious what your thoughts are in regards to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of went a little bit longer than usual. So hopefully you guys made it to the end. And if you have, thank you. Appreciate it so much. Make sure that you are following us on our socials. So you follow me on Twitter at Batman Shanlin. You can follow Kyle at Looting Kyle. And then make sure that you are um, uh, hitting like, subscribe, wherever you can. Comment if you can. Do the things to let us know what your thoughts are on that. And that's going to do it for episode 175. Peace.